obviously if anybody's in the Chattanooga area and they're looking for a, a cool student pastor who will play Xbox with them and, and then also love their kids. Um, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yep. Sorry, but never mind. Don't go to Rockbridge. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, don't do that at all. <laughs> Welcome to the Hope Talk Podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. So we're actually talking with uh, Cody Smith today. Um, Cody, uh, what's the name of your church? Rock Rockbridge. Rockbridge. Community Church. Community Church. Yep. Thank you. I, I, I knew Rockbridge, but I was like, I know there's more to it than yeah, that. Yeah, lots of um, And so uh, uh, Cody is, uh, I guess, the student pastor. Yeah. Um, heads that up and uh, uh, hangs out with kids, plays video games, Um Rock climbs, yeah, rock goes climbs. to baseball games, <laughs> eats lunch at local high schools, you know. Uh, and he teaches them about Jesus. And he teaches them yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. So, but you are around kids a lot. Yeah. Um, and then you come and hang out with these two immature guys yeah, as well. Yeah, it fits perfectly. Right. You know, so I mean, um, <laughs> and, and knowing your personality, you know, uh, I don't know if you struggle with it, but, you know, there's an immaturity thing there that I think most student pastors, there's a certain level that's required to be a student pastor. You have to embrace it. Yeah, you definitely have to, I don't know. I mean, kids are a lot more, um, they're a lot smarter than what people think. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the... So they they know when you're being real or when you're being phony with right. them. And so if you I mean if you if you want to show them that you're real, like get a little bit on their level. You know, bring yeah. them up to where you want them to be, you know. Right. And you can do that, but get get on their level with stuff. I love it. I, I think some of my favorite times with uh my youth pastors growing up was, you know, on trips where uh, something happens and just everyone loses control over like a, you know, a fart joke or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you know, I'm a dude. I think you know, fart jokes never stop being funny. Right, no, ever. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we had, a, uh, I've got one student, I won't say his name. Um, <laughs> to protect the innocent. Every every time we have, like, D-Now or, like, an overnight trip, I'm, it's always just the running thing that whoever is with him or rooming with him, like, they have to have, like, a white noise machine or something on because he's just going to drop them all night. Uh, it's just all night. It's awesome. Yeah. But. It's not as awesome when you're sharing one big room with right. like twelve guys. <laughs> High school boys, man. Yeah, he's middle school, so oh, I still, middle, I, still oh, no. I still get him. I still get him for four more years. Oh goodness, he's only awesome. Get, it's only downhill from here. He's awesome though. Yeah, I love him. I, you know, there's there's so much fun. Like I, I look back on my youth days, uh, youth group days, as some of the most fun that I've ever had because I had a great youth pastor, mm-hmm. um, but also a good group of friends. And um, you know, I, I don't remember honestly, and and I was a leader in our youth group. You know. Uh, had a lot of responsibility within our youth group, but I don't remember, um, I guess, the level of uh, kids going through uh, mental illness, depression, cutting, all that sort of stuff. I don't remember that being huge, you know, 15 years ago uh, when I was in youth group, but I feel like it's pretty prevalent now. Is that something that you see? I know we went from fart jokes to, to, yeah, to no. mental illness. Sorry about that. But, uh, but is that something that like you see now as a student pastor? Because I, I feel like it's a lot more prevalent. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't want to say that like depression has become trendy or anything like that. I think that it's just that you have more people being honest about it. I think you especially have more men being honest about it um, than what there used to be, and I think that that's really driving a lot of the narrative to you know letting people know that you know this is a real thing and it's not. You know, just because someone has depression doesn't mean that they're crazy. Doesn't mean that they're suicidal or anything like that. Like it's it's okay to talk about where you're at and how you're actually feeling. And I think that as a society, we've just kind of opened up to that a little mm-hmm. bit more here. And I mean, since I've been an adult, you know, is what it feels like. So, um, but yeah, I think that you know, I have a lot more students than I thought when I first got into this that have you know said you know I'm I'm depressed. I've 
you know, had really bad thoughts and stuff before. And I think it's just, I think it's stuff that people have always thought of, but now they just kind of have a, a way to talk about it. And that's my job is to give them a healthy way to talk about it instead of them talking about it on Twitter, or Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, finding ways to, that they get the attention that they feel like they need, but mm-hmm. it's the yeah. exact opposite. I think that's something even growing up in youth group, like I struggled with anxiety really bad. Yeah. And I even like had a counselor that was a huge help, but I didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things that it's like, I almost felt like people judge me for not trusting God enough. And it's almost like if I do talk about it, people are judging me. But now it's something that I've even seen, maybe we're starting to shift our mindset about, mm-hmm. because as I've started seeing other people going through that, I've had the chance to go, actually, believe it or not, I struggled with that growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, you actually went to a counselor and got help with that. And you know, I think it once it becomes something that's okay for us to talk about and be more real about, it allows us to speak into that in a better way. But as Christians, there's still kind of that hesitation. Uh, and I see especially with older people, and, and maybe I guess for people our age, it's getting more normal. But have you seen any of that kind of hesitation still, you know, not knowing how to respond when somebody does talk about it? I think that there's hesitation when you have the people who are kind of resistant to talk about it around i like with my group i i have generally 25 to 30 students on any given you know youth night um and i've got you know eight to ten leaders or some somewhere in that range and really we're, we're very open like we've we've had open you know an open night where students can get up and talk about you know what they've experienced like at d now and, and you know we had a couple of students talk about depression like get up in front of everybody and talk about this is how i feel and this is you know this is where how god is helping me in this time and i think that f- us as christians the the thing that we try to think is okay well once we find our identity in jesus like we should you know we should be able should to be good. yeah everything yeah. should be fine and perfect <laughs> yeah. and you know we're not we're not born knowing or seeing ourselves the way god sees us and that's that's a thing that we have to you know, teach ourselves through our life. You know, we're not going to, like I tell my students, you're never going to be like a level 10 Christian and you figured it out. Like it's, right. it doesn't exist. So, um, yeah, I think that it's, it's definitely shifting, but you, you do, especially in the Christian community still have the kind of like, Oh, well, you know, just pray through it, you know? And it's like, that's, it's, you can't like prayer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Prayer helps. Prayer will help you. You talk to God and, and get to know him better. But you know, at the end of the day, like, this is still like a chemical imbalance and you know you have to find ways to to work with that whether it's medication or you know some other type of you know treatment you know talking to a counselor things like that like I don't take medication for what I feel like I have I feel like I have like a you know a mild type depression that just kind of hits me for a few days out of a month or so um but you know that's just that's mild compared to what I've seen especially like in my mom so well I know I remember the first time uh, I had one of my friends that I grew up with uh, mentioned to me that she'd been struggling with thoughts of suicide. I mm-hmm. mean, kind of the extreme, I guess, of depression. And I was shocked because I grew up in a Christian school, grew up in youth group, and she'd been through kind of the same lifestyle. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. And so like, I'm like, okay, we need to talk to this trusted adult. And so we sat down with that adult, and the adult had just about the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, um, okay, well, you need to you need to pray about it. We And... You know, I think something that's important to realize is exactly what you said, that it's okay to get help, and sometimes we're not quite trained. You know, as I've Mm -hmm. grown up now as a leader in the church, I get approached with those situations, 
And it's okay to not be trained to mm-hmm. address those situations and to reach out to people who are uh, able to address those. Yeah. You know, one, one thing, uh, there's a band uh, called 10th Avenue North that has a really cool uh, song called Healing Begins. And uh, I heard him talk about it, and he said that basically we as, as human beings, are God designed us to be communal, um, you know, to be in a community. And when we actually... Um, have close friends and discuss with those people things that are going on in our lives, our our struggles, our uh, um, our mistakes, all those type of things that God actually created us to do that to mm-hmm. share with others. You know, like if if I share with you guys something that I'm struggling with, you guys are not only going to encourage me, you know, through that, but you're going to hold me accountable. Um, you're going to you know love me and 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 those type of things. I feel like. Um, particularly with our youth, there's a little bit of a disconnect because of the fake community of mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is a way that, you know, uh, parents particularly or a student who's looking for a community, how do, how do they get involved in a community? I mean, obviously church, but like what are practical ways they can get involved with people in order to have that sense of community and that openness and everything that comes with it? So... The thing about students is very few of them are going to take it upon themselves to go and find community. They're they're still figuring out what this world even looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's why whenever you have something as easy as an app to download and just jump in and find a place, that's why social media is comforting Mm -hmm. until it becomes toxic. So really, I mean, what it's going to take is it's going to take adults. It's going to take (laughs) it's going to take us going to these kids I mean, like, we just had our um, trip to the uh, Infuge a couple of weeks ago. Which, what is Infuge? Infuge is, uh, it's like a Christian camp. It was in uh, North Greenville University. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, we, like, went and went around parks and just, like, hung out with other, like, little kids and stuff and just, mm-hmm. you know, talk about Jesus and, and kind of open up doors. But um, before we went, like, I had I had a few students going, but then once I started to reach out to students, I was like, Hey, I, I think this would be really good for you. You know, you're, I see you as like a, a leader in the group and the, and the friends that you guys have. And I would really like for you to come and be a part of this. And I think it would be really good for you. And like, that's what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. They need to know that they are, that they can be part of a community now and make an, an impact now. And I think that that's what we as adults, Christian adults have to do is say, Hey, you know, like my one of my students now he he's in going in eighth grade and he feels the call of ministry and he was talking to me about that at the infuge and i told him you know i'm not going to wait till you graduate from high school or college to start with this like you're going into eighth grade like by the end of this next school year or next semester i want you and i to have like taught a lesson together in front of everybody yeah like let's do this now like i want you a part of this now so it really takes us going out and being like and pulling them into a community because if we let kids figure things out for themselves which there's nothing wrong with that in a lot of ways like i did that but there's a lot of negatives that can come along mm-hmm. with that too it's it's kind of finding that balance that we're looking for of a, a healthy community that they can still figure things out with kind of within boundaries the healthy boundaries yeah. mm-hmm. so what you're talking about is mentorship. Yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. I mean, really, and that's something. Honestly, um, you know, we had a discussion not too long ago with uh, a pastor from Silverdale, Randy Thomas, um, and talking about how the church seems to actually kind of slack off mm-hmm. um, in mentorships, yep. particularly between males. Yeah. You know, older males and younger males. Um, and is that something that you find that you guys do well at Rockbridge, or you could improve on, or something that you, uh, I, I guess, you know you see value in or make, I don't know. 
I think that there there's always um, room to grow for everything, like as yeah. far as like mentorship goes. I mean, there we definitely have a lot of people connected that are either serving for Rockbridge or they're in a small group in Rockbridge. Like mm-hmm. there are very few people that come and don't do anything besides come to service. Right, that's every church. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's. I mean, as far as, like, connection goes, we have that. We build community. I mean, I've been in the same small group now for almost two years, and it took, you know, the first year I was in there, I didn't – I was still figuring out, like, what anxiety and depression was because I was like, my life is good now. Why do I still feel like this? Like, everything's going a lot better than it used to. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? And so I finally just kind of came to terms with it and kind of opened up about it one night, and then my small group leader, he started talking to me about his own struggles, and it's it's like – well, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. We need strong guys to talk about this stuff, you know, and 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 that's what's gonna, you know, keep that those relationships strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my mentors have mentors, <laughs> yeah. And so that's what's it, it's it's the thing. Like everybody's always learning constantly. When it comes to the mentorship and and you know what we a lot of times in the church call discipleship. Mm-hmm. What role do you think parents can play, especially with their kids that maybe are struggling with uh, something like depression? Are parents able to step into that role, or is it something that they can kind of help line up, or is it just encouraging the kids to find someone like that? I think as far as parents go, and this is something that I've kind of figured out the last few months, the best thing the parents can do is to trust you to be good to their kids and to kind of be that mentor and to be those leaders Yes, you still want your parents to be very hands-on with you know, the growth of, of their kids, but what kids really need is, you know, somebody besides their parent being their small group leader. You know what I mean? Because you sure. can't you can't open up there. So for parents to understand that my kid needs to talk to somebody besides me and trust somebody besides me that I can trust, that's a really important thing for parents to do. Maybe in addition. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you want that outside influence. Yeah, for Which sure. Which is cool because if you're all together in a church – then, for example, at Rockbridge, uh, if, if let's say your kids in the youth group and being mentored by one of the adults, you're also in community with that mm-hmm. adult through the community of you know the church, and yep. so uh, it's a cool connection there. So, as we talk about the the struggles that teens have, um, I, I was just kind of thinking about I guess what seems like the uptick of that. What different factors do you think play a role in, in depression for kids and maybe even in your own life? Like things to look out yeah, for. Yeah, well, things, to, things to look out for. Mm-hmm. That's hard because, like I said, growing up, I thought it was all circumstantial. And so I think that maybe, that's since that's what, what I thought, there's probably a lot of kids who think that now. You know, they think, you know, oh, because – I don't have this friend, you know, with me, or I don't have class with this person, or, oh, I don't have any friends right now. It's, you know, that that stuff does lead to, you know, the negative thoughts and, you know, that can be associated with depression. And To, to use the Internet's favorite word, trigger. Yeah, it trigger. could be a trigger. Yeah, it could be a trigger. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's for, for kids who are figuring the world out, yeah, I think that, um, you know, circumstances do bring about, you know, types of depression. So... Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the fear of missing out, mm-hmm. um, you know, then... Uh, hashtag FOMO is the case. Right, call it. exactly. <laughs> hashtag FOMO. Um, but also just, you know, the comparison game. Uh, yeah, for sure. Know, it's, uh, Which is intensified by social media. Right, yep. and, and, and me and me and my wife have talked about that before, that, you know, the, the I think the saying is comparison is the thief of joy. 
Um, and that's so true because, you know, especially with, you know, Instagram, social media, uh, you know, if I see, you know, Cody's awesome picture of, you know, uh, him and the guys from the band Switchfoot, you know, bobsledding down a sand mountain with, you know, puppies and, you know, electric guitars and just, you know, like the, the, the way, yeah, (laughs) the way that Instagram is so like ordered and fake at times you know but i can be like oh that's so cool i wish i was as cool as cody i wish i had that and and then like i'm not happy you know with my ice cream cone that i just got from brewsters or something (laughs) like that you know which is still awesome yeah um and uh, i think that's only amplified um but then as you said you know you could have a predisposition um you know towards uh depression Mm -hmm. um a lot of times the environment that we grow up in um you know can lead to that but you know uh, you know, it could be the environment as far as, you know, the, the area of the United States that you live in. I mean, I don't see how people live in Alabama. You know, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, maybe not, but just kidding a little bit. You know, Florida. <laughs> Did they have internet? Um, no, uh, I love, I have some oh. family in Alabama. I do. Um, and they're okay. Um, but it's, there's a lot of, there's so many different factors and uh, there's so many different human beings and personalities and you know genetic makeups and everything that can just uh change and alter all sorts of our mental stability so um i think it's one of those things that you try to equip your kids as well Mm -hmm. as you can and then definitely as parents need to be equipped and obviously you know as as a student pastor uh, i'm sure you're uh you're learning still you know all the time yes i think I, i think i love what you said though because I almost feel like nowadays the the teenage years specifically become kind of like a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a book one time talking about how they used to at you know the age fourteen kids were grown up and yeah. working, and now because they're still going through school, it's kind of like an awkward. I'm kind of an adult, but kind of not. And I love how you mentioned like the eighth grader, for example, uh, that you're already starting to give those responsibilities, but work side by side mm-hmm. because. You know, back in the day, 14-year-olds were going out in the fields with their parents and learning how to work the field. And by the time they got to the age 18, they were working out in the field by themselves. Yeah. And in the same way, you bring an eighth grader in, they teach right beside you. And by the time they're 18, they're in there teaching the youth group yeah. and, and, you know, then able to pass that on to the next person that's in eighth grade and ready to be in ministry. I think that that mentorship, even at a young age, is so important. Yeah. Definitely. Well, cool, man. Uh, well, Cody, thank you for hanging Absolutely. out with us. Thank you for having um, me. And uh, um, obviously, if anybody's in the Chattanooga area and they're looking for a, a cool student pastor who will play Xbox with them and, and then also love their kids. Um, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yep. Sorry, but Never mind. Don't go to Rockbridge. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, don't do that at all. Uh, no, seriously, like... Uh, um, you guys are in Hickson, yeah. Um, and uh, I guess Rockbridge dot CC CC. Yep, perfect. That's it. All right. Well, thanks again, man. Yeah, Appreciate you coming out, and uh, uh, yeah, go Xbox. <laughs> this has been the Hope Talk podcast, sponsored by Come On Let's Go. To find out more, visit ComeOnLet'sGo.com. dot